Hey, podcast buddies, Kid Carson here. Um, before we get going into today's interview, I just wanted to quickly say thank you for your support. It has really helped me dream big about how we can create a community and wake Canada up. That's kind of the whole deal. So if you want to keep in touch with me, please join my email list at kidcarson.com. I got some big news coming. I don't want you to miss it. Um, so thank you. Now, I've noticed the awake community has been chatting more and more about the WEF, which stands for the World Economic Forum, which is basically a group of leaders in all different industries and sectors, banking, science, politics, even Hollywood, basically a, a really powerful group of people who are in a club who, you know, like they're in essence, are all in alignment with how the human experience should move forward. Now, when I say alignment, I mean, they get together and Klaus Schwab, the head honcho, gives his vision, and then everyone nods, yes, with excitement. And um, his vision is what we are living in right now. And it's obviously not awesome. And as most of you probably know, this planned pandemic is only a single step in a sequence of many more steps that will drastically alter the human experience faster than we can even imagine, really. But is the WEF, is the World Economic Forum at the top of the power structure here on Earth? Heck no. It's just one part of the New World Order. And oh, it's a wicked, twisty road to the top. And this is what today's guest lives and breathes for. This guy got obsessed a couple of years ago. He went down all the rabbit holes. And um, I met this guy just, he sent me a very encouraging message and we got chatting online. And he told me he had written a couple of books, which I'll link in the description. Uh, a book called How to Defeat the New World Order. There's like uh, three parts to the uh, series. So let's meet Rick. He's been involved in the freedom movement since the early days in Vancouver, one of the organizers of the art gallery and city hall rallies, as well as many, many other events, workshops, meetings, you name it. Rick's been in there helping to make things happen. Um, and when we are eventually free, knock on wood, it will be because of people like Rick. So enjoy our chat. And if you're uh, on Spotify, you can watch this in video. Good morning. How are you? Great. How are you doing? It's a beautiful day to talk about the new world order. <laughs> it sure is. Couldn't be a better day. You originally DM me, I guess, about something. Uh, yeah, I think I was on your uh, uh, text message group or something. And right. uh, we were chatting about something or other. And uh, somehow I ended up sharing my project it wasn't to uh, uh you know try to promote myself but thanks anyway <laughs> just yeah, wanted to share what i'm doing and yeah well when you said yeah i wrote a book about you know how do we beat the new world order and i thought oh my god this is like these are the conversations i used to only be able to have with a couple of close friends after one too many drinks and you sort of dive into it uh, maybe we can start with like what the nwo is you know, okay, sure. Well, of yeah. course, you're going to get my uh, perspective of it. And uh, I'm sure you'll hear different uh, perspectives, though, the way I understand it, the New World Order is really the Western establishment, the, uh, the billionaire uh, elites that control uh, not only Western society, but control of, you know, massive uh, portion of the entire world. So that would really be politically the triple alliance of Israel, Britain, and United States with NATO, their military wing. Now, of course, the, these billionaires uh, who are uh, at the top of the empire, because that's what it is, is, is an empire, the largest empire the world's ever seen, uh, kind of like to stay hidden. They don't, they, we, we don't hear about them too much in the news, but they're, that's the, the controllers who push the pawns of all the other uh, politicians and institutions, like, of course, uh, through the WEF, of course, Klaus Schwab is, is one of the main players right now on the world stage. So there's quite a lot of main players. So that would be the short version. A lot of people now are talking about the WEF, like even on Instagram, I'm like, wow, you would never see posts about the World Economic Forum, but now people are starting to connect it with, you know, sort of running the show of all the debauchery and everything that's happened over the last couple of years. And people right. see this sort of trend of, or I guess they see the path leading towards the, the digital IDs, and yes. it's all starting to make sense. So, right. but no one yet is talking about who like Klaus Schwab answers to, or that sort of that next level up. That's just one part of it. Yeah, I would, I would say um, 
uh, Klaus Schwab is the CEO. He's the new CEO. He was a protege of Henry Kissinger uh, at Harvard. Uh, so I think he's been slated as the CEO. I think Henry Kissinger was the CEO from at least 1960 right up till, you know, sometime in the last maybe 10, 20 years. And uh, so he's the front man, the chief organizer, and through the WEF, which, you know, he started 50 years ago with his uh, stakeholder capitalism theory, which he's been pushing for 50 years. He uh, wrote a book on stakeholder capitalism and came out January, I think. Most people are focused on the Great Reset, but there's also a second book that's worth checking out. So the other layer above Schwab would be all the, the oil companies, weapons manufacturers, and bankers, you know, the, the really, really big money. And these are all families. If you could do a Google search on the Committee of 300, there is someone who's done a, a Wikipedia profile on all 300. And then you can see the big players, uh, which are Rothschild family, Rockefellers, the European royal family, the British royal family, Dutch royal family. And uh, they're, they're all listed. You can go through their Wikipedia profiles and you can see they're all interrelated. This is one big giant family that, you know, have been intermarrying for hundreds of years. Um, so yeah, yeah, it sounds like a Game of Thrones. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. It's a Game <laughs> of Thrones, you know, and I'm sure there's just as much uh, infighting and political intrigue as the Game of Thrones. The idea of these rich, powerful families who live in their castle on top of the hill those families never went away. We just, we, we seem to think of it as history, old school, but those powerful right. families still trickle down into, it wasn't really that long ago. That's right. Yeah. There's still, I mean, uh, all these, the Bush family, there's another one there, uh, you know, been four generations of, uh, at least four generations that we know of, uh, in our current history, the, British monarchy, they're all interrelated, intermarried, uh, because they did it for political reasons over the centuries, you know, marry each other's daughters and nieces and cousins to form alliances. And then, of course, over the centuries, they're all uh, uh, inter intermarried. It's a little bit uh, inbred. So I think uh, most of the royal family have all kinds of problems with mental health issues and uh, hemophilia, the, the Habsburg jaw uh, was, the Habsburg family had these enormous deformed jaws for for years until they all died off so uh, uh, wow. i think you know they've uh, got some very serious dysfunctionalism in their families like uh, you know being sociopaths that would part of their dysfunction right. what got you down this rabbit hole uh about maybe uh 12 or 14 years ago a friend of mine out of the blue sent me a video on 9 11 it was a documentary i think it was a loose change not quite i can't re quite remember it but before that, I was completely apolitical, had no interest. I was a dumb uh, little sheep, I'm sorry to say. And the <laughs> video just blew my mind. I was like, wow, I didn't know that. Nobody told me it was, a, it was all staged. And it was just so obvious. The video was so well done. And that launched me on a knowledge quest for, you know, ever since, really, because if 9-11 was staged, what does that say about the American uh, media who obviously lied and was complicit in it and what does it say about the American government if they did that uh, then that just opened up so many cans of worms and so I started uh, reading very very heavily and at the time I was off work for a year so I had all this free time mm -hmm. so I just it's all I did seven days a week I just couldn't couldn't get enough information to answer all my questions and the more things I dug into, the more questions opened up about all kinds of stuff. And I went down all the rabbit holes trying to explore all these so-called conspiracy theories, trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And uh, so, yeah, that's the short version. And then, of course, I got into the freedom movement uh, two years ago when all this started and became an activist organizer of the, the events. So I'm also very heavily involved in that. Most people just don't have time to go down these rabbit holes. I mean, I'm similar... It, with you in the, in regards to, you know, I was doing a morning show. I would get off air at like 9 a.m. And all my friends would be at their nine to five jobs. And so I would have like this time during the day. So I would just get on the rabbit holes like you. I mean, yeah, it was like I had, I had all day just to go work okay. out, do my grocery shopping. Then I'm like, hey, now what am I going to do until right. my friends get off? Um, so, yeah, it's just too bad. Most people are so caught up in 
they're, they're working one or two jobs and raising kids and, and they don't have time to, to dig down deep. But yeah, so, so once you started exploring and going down these rabbit holes, what were some of the things that shocked you the most? You know, I think it's the, uh, the, 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 the scale of it and the amount of interconnectedness and, and the amount of money and wealth and power that uh, the, 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 bil- the trillionaires, not even the billionaire class, like we know there's about, I think, about 2,500 billionaires worldwide. But, but there's the trillionaires of the people we're really dealing with, which maybe, I don't know how many there are, maybe, well, the committee of 300 might be 300 trillionaires, which would be the, the super, super uber, extra special uh, uh, elites with, you know, who control that level of money. Like the, it's, it's just unprecedented in human history, the amount of power they have, because money equals power. If you have $1, you have one unit of power. So, you know, an average working class guy, say in Vancouver, maybe makes 50, 60 grand a year, you have 50,000 units of power, which is not a lot. But when you start getting million dollars, then you've got a million dollars of power, and then billion, well, you know, and then you get the guys like Gates and Jeff Bezos, uh, who are just have mega power, they can pick up the phone and stuff happens. You know, the, the, the trillionaire club is in a whole other level altogether. They could start wars, they own countries, you know, George Soros, uh, owned Georgia, the country of Georgia, for a while. He actually owned it, lock, stock, and barrel. I don't know if he still does, but I do remember when that whole Georgia thing was going on with Russia. That uh, it was came out. Uh, Soros owned owned the country. He just and this just phenomenal power. And you know the the wealth gap between the 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 rich and the poor is also just right off the charts, like never before in history. So the the committee of three hundred. Mm-hmm. You say, are they sort of the, the the top layer? Do you think? Yeah, yeah, that's basically the top, the top layer, and uh, you know, that's all the Rothschilds, Rockefellers, uh, European. They're monarchists. That's my conclusion after looking at them. They're they're monarchists. They want to go back to feudal uh, monarchy with technology, techno feudalism, where we're you know, as the, the, uh, it says uh, the the video on the World Economic Forum says you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Right. So we, they want people tied to the land. Now, now we see that in their agenda right now that with all these uh, stay at home orders they've tried to push in and people not allowed to travel without getting uh, digitally ID'd with uh, uh, genetically modifying injections and uh, yeah, it's a pretty uh, sick plan they have. It's just, it's almost, it's almost, no wonder people think we're crazy <laughs> when oh. we start trying to tell about what they're planning is this sounds like a marvel comic episode you know and we're just waiting for spider-man to show up and <laughs> it's like yeah truth is is stranger than fiction it really is yeah, their plans like are, are just it's insanity there's a you know transhumanizing to, they want to turn us into the borg of uh machine humans interconnected together through uh 5g internet and uh, you know, controlled with with this artificial intelligence control grid. I mean, it's absolute madness. They're clinically insane, criminally insane people to even think of doing this. I mean, like, it just takes a little bit of effort to connect the dots because we've right. all experienced the algorithms through our Instagram feeds. So we get the idea of algorithms serving us up things to keep us more hooked into pursuing a certain idea or staying inside of our little thought bubbles or whatever. But then you've got like Elon Musk putting the microchips in, yes. uh, they've done pigs and now he's doing uh, the, the chimps. Right. So it doesn't, it's not a really big leap to think that it won't be long before we're experiencing whatever the first version of the metaverse is with yeah. chips in our brains and we're just there like Neo in the matrix. And the only thoughts we can have are ones that are, are approved or allowed with, right. uh, with AI and algorithms. I mean, it's, it's not even that big of a leap. It's not that big of a leap. And uh, Elon Musk, uh, who always comes across as Mr. Cool guy, smokes weed and says all this cool stuff. But meanwhile, not only is Starlink he's working on, but also this constellation that he's putting in space of 50,000 satellites, which is a project he's uh, partnered with DARPA. And the project is called Casino. And then there's Mm. a project called Pit Boss and blackjack and it's called casino uh, because in the las vegas casinos there's surveillance cameras every 12 feet so this okay. huge surveillance grid they put in las vegas so they can see absolutely everything 
So there's no, because of the way the cameras are positioned, there's nobody who is not out of view in the casino. So that's what it's called. So this 50,000 satellites will be 24 seven uh, surveillance of the entire planet and it can process data in space. So it has these big giant servers in the satellites. So instead of beaming the signal up and then back down and process the data, it'll process this right in space, but way, way faster. And it has other multiple issues connected to all their frequency technology, uh, you know, like the weather weapons and uh, around the horizon radar, uh, all kinds of stuff they can do with this technology. Oh, it really is like a movie. Mm. Oh my God. Yeah, it's I, like I, the Death Star. It's a, it's a bad, a bad sci-fi movie. Oh, Elon was so cool too. Yeah, or he's just a front man. And I don't really think he's that smart uh, to be able to do rocket science. I don't see anything in that, in his background that he's, he's that smart to be able to do like rocket science is the like top scientist. You have to have so much knowledge of so many different fields to be a rocket science. So I, I don't think he's really does anything other than be the front guy. Right. At least he's, yeah, there's got to be other people behind him. Right. And he's yeah. good at just connecting the dots. Yeah, maybe putting it together or he's yeah. part of it. But The whole idea of controlled opposition. We all need a hero to look to. And right now, Elon is sort of the hero. Yeah. And yeah. But if, if they control who the hero is, then you never gets to really become the hero. It's sort of the idea of the I, hero. You know, they, they, they want to control every movement against us. Mm -hmm. uh, they want to infiltrate uh, even our... Our, our freedom movement, they want to infiltrate it, get control of it, because that's what they are. They're control freaks. That they, yeah. So I guess the, the end goal would be one king mm -hmm. with his whatever version of an iPhone is, some mm -hmm. super app that can just control the entire world population with the touch of a thumb. Uh, maybe. I don't know if it's that, <laughs> that simple, uh, but, but maybe it is that simple, because, you know, of course, if they, it's going to be a monarchy, it's got to be a king. Or maybe a, a series of kings. They want their families to rule forever uh, in whatever style it is, though. I see this idea of, or I've read about this idea that whenever they, whoever they are, whenever they're going to do something to you, they almost have to show you or tell you what they're going to do. Right. Perhaps yes. in a Hollywood movie, perhaps, you know, in some blatant speech, but yeah. almost in, a, in an effort to get our permission. Because if we don't resist it, then we're in some spiritual karmic way giving permission for them to tag sure. us like animals and get put right. us on digital id or, or whatever so that's sure. what makes me think there's some sort of spiritual element like there's some sort of laws they have to follow you know what i mean well they do seem to definitely have a pattern of behavior like as you mentioned like they always project what they're going to do that's one thing it's that they always tell us what they're going to do ahead of time they just yeah. and say it you know they hide things in plain sight is their uh their modus uh, operandi um, and they're very uh, uh, big on symbolism uh, it, like in the media you know the one eye thing is just absolutely everywhere mm -hmm. there's a great website called uh, uh, what is it vigilantcitizen.com and this guy's been following all the symbols in the media for years it's just a massive compilation and it's mostly the western media if you get take a look uh, though there's a lot of western uh like japan uh south korea that are you know part of the control grid that have all these same symbolism the the checkerboard floor uh the one eye uh the butterfly thing uh you know they're really big into the uh, monarch program the mk ultra program uh, you know, I've recommended this book to absolutely everybody talk to. If you want to read one book and only one book, read Bryce Taylor's Thanks for the Memories. Now, she was an MK Ultra slave, and I found that book. And the other one is Kathy O'Brien's Transformation of America, the most revealing book, insider book about what the elites are really like in America and how Henry Kissinger was CEO. Like Bryce Taylor was owned. Now, they sell they sell these monarch uh mk altered slaves uh and bob hope was bryce taylor's owner uh and it just you know she was a sex slave to presidents from kennedy all the way up to clinton i think and uh yeah it's just horrific i mean you have to have a strong stomach to read it like be forewarned it's not for the weak at heart like and, and it's absolutely, absolutely the most horrifically evil thing I have ever read. Like, there's no, I can't see anything could be any more evil than the M 
K Ultra program, what they do to people. I don't even want to talk about it on your show. You have to go see for yourself. If most people are kind of aware of it, but but there's a lot of that MK Ultra symbolism in uh, videos, uh, music videos, uh, uh, everywhere, like the butterfly symbolism and broken mirror. That's another one of those things. Some of the symbols we use every day, for example, the the Chrome symbol or the even the symbol for Gmail mimics the the purse that Freemasons wear. Or the Facebook symbol, the original symbol for Facebook with the uh, lowercase f is another Masonic symbol from their text. Yeah, Yeah, so right, okay, so you get back into where do these symbols all come from? As far as I can tell, it goes back to Freemasonry, which was infiltrated by these bankers uh, in Europe uh, for their own purposes, which was Amschel Mayer and... uh, um, uh, just a minute, I'll, I'll, I can't escape my mind. Just a minute, I'll think of his name. The two of them, uh, Weishaupt, Adam Weishaupt, the two of them had this plan to infiltrate the banking of Europe, take over the banking. That was their immediate goal. And they got caught uh, by the Austrian King Leopold, if I recall, who caught one of their couriers with messages. And so they were banned from Austria and Europe. So they went underground and they decided to infiltrate the Freemasons, which would, you know, like we're talking a guild. Uh, uh, you know, a medieval guild, and they infiltrated it around 1776. Um, and there is a book, uh, the first, I would say the first conspiracy theory book, so-called, was written in 1796, uh, which I did read a big chunk of it about a guy who had been part of the Masons in his younger years and left for 20 years and came back and he said everything was changed. And these people had an agenda, had been infiltrated and taken over. And it's the same agenda to this day. You read it like, in, and it's, you know, uh, same, the exact same agenda, which is take over uh, the banking. You know, the it's all historical stuff. It's not, I'm not making all this stuff up. It's on the Freemasons website. One of the best accounts I read is right on the Freemasons website. Um, so uh, he had five sons. He sent one to the five major cities of, of Europe, of France, uh, London, uh, Vienna, uh, Munich and I don't know what the other one would be. I can't remember. To basically, as agents, to take over uh, the banking system, and they succeeded. Uh, the the final uh, nail in the coffin was the Battle of Waterloo, uh, and they basically told the British they leaked out this fake information that uh, Napoleon had won the Battle of Waterloo. So the 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 stock market all was buying and selling based on this information which was all wrong so they sold short and uh, then when the real information came out they had absolutely slaughtered the 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 stock market in in london and again this i'm not making this stuff all up this is like historical knowledge and at that point did they not accumulate more wealth than the royal family yeah oh yeah they 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 just made so much money off of this deal and other deals they were they they ruled the rothschilds ruled uh europe the Rockefellers ruled America. It was Rockefeller who uh, monopolized the oil industry over the whole world. They owned, owned and controlled 80% of the oil industry. And as far as I know, they still do. I don't think anything's changed. Like, uh, you know, of course, Russia's got a lot of natural gas. So I don't know what the actual numbers are now, but, but I would say Rockefeller is still the most powerful family in America. And then you've got them starting the the modern day medical education right. system and the, how, right. how doctors work and pharmaceuticals right. and it just it just trickles down a lot a lot of things and, and media education yeah they want to control all the main major institutions I mean the United Nations was built on Rockefeller Plaza that should tell you tell you something right there you know? oh my god dude you have gone down the rabbit hole and when you know that much it's like, what do you do with all? Well, you put it in a book. That's what you do, I guess. Well, you know, I, I tried to, like, I think um, when the pandemic started, uh, like, people react differently to crisis. That's like, you know, like if someone dies, people grieve in different ways, right? So uh, I know for, for a lot of people, they reacted uh, one way. But for me, the only thing that was on my mind was what we do about it. Uh, that was just like a burning question that I couldn't sleep at night. I just kept waking up. What are we gonna do? This is just to- total madness. So that was really the inspiration for the first book, you know, how to defeat the new world order. 
and the second one part two yeah i know genius title right yeah. <laughs> and then the, the third one which just came out uh, last week is beyond the new world order which you know i talk about more solutions into the future and how we can rebuild uh society really we can start a whole new thing because you know as klaus schwab said the pandemic uh presents a, a very golden opportunity for them to put in their great reset but it also gives us the same window of opportunity it's mm -hmm. wide open right now if people can see it because the world is is in chaos people are looking for answers they're frightened hurting they're broke they're unemployed so many people's lives have been disrupted upheaval so they're looking for solutions so having this knowledge base that you have having gone down these various rabbit holes you sort of seen who's in control and there's an agenda that's been unfolding for for generations right away did you see that this was this was trickery or or a farce yeah, of some pretty well i wasn't yeah. like within the first couple of weeks like i was kind of like okay at first i wasn't sure pandemic or no pandemic and then i start, you know once you start looking it, it becomes obvious if you look if you don't look then it's not obvious but if you start to dig a little bit and you know the world health organization you know we're like well these numbers don't add up there's like you know 100 people dead and you're calling it a global pandemic and shutting down the whole global economy that doesn't make any sense so mm. and then you see bill gates was behind it we're like uh oh <laughs> mm. Who's this, who's this guy, a computer nerd, suddenly uh, getting in charge of the global health uh, in, institution, the world's biggest health institution. So it didn't, probably a couple of weeks. Uh, and then I started going to the rallies uh, pretty well from, from the first, from the beginning. And we got involved, my partner, uh, Maria, we got involved with the art gallery uh, protests. And, you know, we've been organizers there for 22 months and city hall, and we've done well, at least 150 events that we've organized, workshops, uh, meetings, we organized town hall meetings, uh, we're part of the uh, the lawsuit, suebonnie.ca, Kip Warner is, you know, I don't know if you're familiar with that lawsuit, but we helped uh, get that off the ground, we're part of their volunteer uh, team, we've had, uh, we started the SkyTrain protest four months ago in my living room with a bunch of people, and we went on the SkyTrain, we started that. Yeah, oh, so much stuff. Like, can't even remember it all. Like so many things we've been involved with. Yeah, boots on the ground, like. Yeah, boots on the ground. Yeah, yeah we've been out there week after week after week, hauling gear, setting up our canopy and tables and uh, coffee because it was cold and the rain and snow. We were, we've been out there uh, for 22 months solid every wow. week. Uh, What's we that were, like? Because we're all at different levels of understanding. And like you said, most of us still have our heads in the sand. Yes. Um, What's that like when you see someone on the street that clearly is just looking at you and judging you right away? Like we've all experienced it. Um, I've experienced a lot on, you know, on my radio show and I would speak out and people get upset and email in and, and get my boss all twisted out of shape. <laughs> what, what, what's that? How do you put yourself back in the shoes of someone who has no idea what's going on? They're just on their way to work. They just want to get their paycheck to feed their kids. How do you start to wake that person up? it's not it's not easy at someone at that stage you know like you have to go really slow uh just ask questions really what do you think's going on you know do you think there's an agenda you know i spoke to someone at the rally the cbc rally on saturday that came over to our tent and she's wearing a mask and she's but she's asking questions you know what do you guys she wants to know what we're about she came right up to us most of them just yell at us from the sidewalk and right. they, they they hit i call them hit and run they just yell <laughs> at us swear at us call us crazies and then they run away they don't stay but she came right up and talked so she was quite open so i said how can this be you know 230 paramedics were were fired how can that be good and if there's a pandemic why are we firing healthcare workers now we're short-staffed how does that make sense to you and she's kind of processing it she doesn't really have an answer you know and ask her questions and then i say the thing that you can't and most canadians can't get their head around it there's an agenda and she immediately went no 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 there's no agenda and she said i would need hardcore evidence i said well have you looked well there's and i go i just you just said with without any evidence that there is no agenda but you haven't looked see you're not looking you're just saying no there isn't any well really you say you say there's no evidence well you haven't looked for the evidence and and, and it's really you know, seek and ye shall find is really applies here if, 
if and and the it's not about IQ. There are smart people in the freedom organizing, and there's not so, some some not so smart people. Uh, there, you know, it's all across the board, mm. and uh, it's not about IQ. And I thought about this for a long time. What is it that's making people see and others not see? And it's courage. You have to have some courage to go down these rabbit holes because mm. even even when my first year there was some scary shit i was looking at that's that literally scared the living crap out of me because i didn't know if it was true or not some of it wasn't true thankfully but mm. it was very mm. scary and and looking at this stuff for the first time is very frightening it's very traumatic to your your whole worldview uh, most of us still uh the we call them the sheep not the most polite way of saying it to people but uh most people just really don't know they're ignorant they're really the ignorance in our in our society is really profound about what's going on because our world has changed so much in the last just say 100 years and it's so complicated it's so super super complicated yeah. now and hard to figure stuff out it's just a maze of information yeah it's almost like we're and we're already so stressed out and, and we're already stressed out yeah yeah we're demoralized the last thing we want to do is now read something else that's like gonna shatter our worldview like what yeah. now they're doing what who are these people what it's so it, it waking yeah. up to it is really it's depressing like i remember i went through six month a sort of depression like sort of wrapping my mind around that everything i thought about the world was wrong what a weird <laughs> place to be no one wants to really go on that journey it does no, take no, courage no, it's not fun it's not a yeah. fun it's not a fun awakening hey we're in you know lollipops and rainbows it's the absolute opposite yeah you know it's waking up in the matrix and you find you're connected you're a battery you're connected to this thing and you got all these tubes in your head and right you know. <laughs> is it also ego too because in order to, to go and explore these things you almost like that woman you described wearing the mask who's coming up and asking questions and says oh no there can't be an agenda it's almost like well you you have to admit to yourself that you're not as smart as you thought you were um i don't maybe i i i haven't really thought of it being an ego thing maybe it is like you could be right i don't i don't know maybe you maybe you see that more than i do uh, mostly i just as you you also said you know as people are afraid and it's depressing and, and nobody really wants to be depressed so um maybe there is an element of ego of pride that you know people don't want to be everybody wants to be right nobody wants to be wrong and mm. they've been on the wrong side they're totally on the wrong side of history oh my gosh there is you know how much wronger wrong can you get <laughs> and, and they really believe that they're on the right side and they it's believe like, they're on the right side they're, they're uh, you know it's it's the karens out there that are just come to the surface of telling everybody you know you're, in, you're out shopping and they're telling you to put your mask on and you know like just so belligerent and militant uh, uh you know the the the, the elites are, are we're are, are letting the the people are doing it to us you know our own people are our worst enemies you brainwash enough people and then the brainwashed almost police the rest of the people they, they police the rest yeah. of the people uh like uh, anita krishna uh, she spoke at the cbc rally on saturday and she is a former global news uh, an insight a director she was a director Mm -hmm. And uh, she was. She said she was the only one who wasn't wearing a mask and knew what's going on. They all thought she's crazy. Eventually, they fired her for for speaking publicly. Uh, one thing she said that was uh, very revealing. She said they don't know what's going on. They're all brainwashed. They're not against us. You know, mm -hmm. they're just being fed information from above, from uh, 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 Reuters or Associated Press or the big news agencies uh, that that send them all this information and tell them what they can and can't say. And they just, they believe it. So like, that's, that's really sad. Yeah. They just read what's on the teleprompter. They just read what's on the teleprompter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like an anchorman. <laughs> oh man. Well, you, you mentioned symbolism. Yes. The one-eyed thing. What, what's that all about? And why is it put out in plain sight? Like all the celebrities do. The one, covering the one eye thing on a magazine cover or music videos or looking through a triangle well i think they're a, they're a cult right really this these families are they 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 have this quasi religion uh and this is one of their symbols you know the eye is the all-seeing eye so it's the the all-powerful 
uh, big brother eye that, that that knows all sees all. So it's it's a symbol of omnipotence and omniscience. Um, you know the checkerboard floor, which is a that's because they believe that the world is just a big chess game. That's their political view. There's even a book if you read the Grand Chessboard by his, his big new Brzezinski, who is a uh, you know a big player in the elites. And the Grand Chessboard basically outlines how to take over the world. It, it all it's all it's all there. You go read. You go okay. And, and this is what they're doing right right now in Ukraine. He, uh, Brzezinski mentions in the book is the, the the Ukraine is pivotal. There's all these pivotal countries that you have to have if you want to control the world. There's different countries you have to control, and one of them is the Ukraine because they all subscribe to the uh, Mackinder Heartland Doctrine, which is a guy named. Uh, Mackinder around 1906, I think around roughly the turn of century, who had this, he's a professor, a British professor who had this, uh, geo, he, he started with what we call geopolitics, right, geostrategy. And the Heartland Doctrine is really simple. If you want to control the world, you have to control the world island, which is Eurasia. That's the biggest continent. That's Europe, the Middle East, Russia, China, India, so that's the biggest continent has 65% of the world's population, 65% of the world's resources. So in order to control the Eurasia, you have to control uh, Russia. Russia is the heartland. That's why it's called the heartland doctrine. It's the heartland of Eurasia. It's the biggest, massive, mega, it makes Canada look like a little country, right? Mm -hmm. So huge. And um, in order to control Russia, you have to control the Ukraine because that's the, the doorway into Russia. So that's why this is all happening is they're trying to get control of Russia that doesn't want to be controlled. And they want to get control of China as well. So the checkerboard floor is one of their symbols. The other symbol is the triangle, of course, you know, the, the pyramid, the triangle, which is absolutely ever they even do the, you know, Kane West and other celebrities do this thing. The pyramid is really their political structure of all the people on the bottom and them at the top, the top of the pyramid with the little eye at the top. That's just the but, but it's wrong, really, because there's so many of them at the top now that the bottom should be way, 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 way wider. And it should be more like, like this coming up and then like straight right. up. So it's the wrong it's, shape now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's totally a distorted shape. I yeah. wish it was a pyramid. That would be a lot nicer. Yeah, a lot, lot easier. To... Heat, you know? <laughs> um, can, can we talk about Russia a little bit? Sure. <laughs> yeah, of course. There's, there's just so much confusion over Russia, Ukraine, and what's going on? What's your take on why this is happening? Well, really, it's happening because over the last eight years, since 2014, roughly, the American uh, government, CIA, under the under Victoria Newland, the who was secretary, the deputy secretary of state at the time, uh, launched a coup in Ukraine and deposed the democratically elected guy and got their U.S. friendly a guy in Zelensky. So they did this, which is the same CIA tactics they use all the time, which is to fund the opposition groups, the rebel groups, which in this case were a lot of Nazis, far right wing. And these are real Nazis. They're not just people being called Nazis. These are real Nazis and uh, who have who have infiltrated schools even and brought this uh, they've started youth groups like the Nazi Hitler youth they've done it in Ukraine and I can I can send you some videos of these kids doing the the, the Hitler sign and Zeke Heil and the whole thing they really they're real Nazis so uh, they've got uh, into power in, in uh, the Ukraine and they are uh, anti-Russia, they're pro-West, anti-Russia. They, they control Ukraine, like they're they're in the parliament. They're and they and they they are very uh, part of the military. Uh, Putin has said that his goals are to get Zelensky out of power, get the, and get a pro-Russian regime installed and de-Nazi Nazify the Ukraine. He's he said it right up right publicly. So you don't hear that in the news at all. No, you don't. And uh, the other thing that he's the talks that he's been having with Blinken and Biden uh, and Stoltenberg, the uh, NATO uh, boss, uh, is basically no NATO in Ukraine. We're not having NATO in Ukraine. We're not having because NATO means missiles and troops and military bases. And, you know, we're not having it. Uh, Putin said we're, we can't retreat into our own borders. You, you, you know, you've got us surrounded like 
America has 900 military bases all over the world, but where are they really? Well, they're in the Middle East and they're a, a ring around uh, Russia and China. The, the whole purpose of NATO from the, the outset of this, uh, NATO's conception after the Second World War was to contain Russia. That was its goal. That was the beginning of the Cold War. NATO was formed. We need to have this military alliance to, you know, because though the commies are bad, you know, the capitalists are good, commies are bad. That's the general Western rhetoric. So, mm. of course, he doesn't want it. It would be the same as if, say, Mexico decided to partner with Russia and put uh, Russian bases and military in Mexico. Of course, the Americans would have a hissy fit and freak out. So, mm. normal, like, what are you doing? So, uh, he said, uh, Putin said, no NATO in Ukraine, but they're carrying on with their plans. Stoltenberg, they had these, you know, discussions. Putin and uh, Lavrov, Sergei, Sergei Lavrov, uh, the, the, the foreign uh, chief foreign, Russian foreign minister, had all these talks. I've been following this for the last few months, all these talks with the American NATO elites, and they got nowhere. Uh, the, Russia wanted security guarantees, and you guys got to retreat. Get these NATO bases out of here, back off, and they didn't. So he, he did what he did. So we're going to he told them this is what we're going to do. If you guys don't back down, this is what's going to happen. So uh, hopefully that's best case scenario is they uh, they get Zelensky out, they get their own uh, pro-Russian, pro-Ukraine pro government in there, get the Nazis all out, and it ends there. And Russia withdraws its troops. Ukraine is allowed to exist and independently. So now, I seem to live by the motto that the world is a stage. Is the stage being set for Russia? Because Russia really in the mainstream media is really being painted as like the bad, yeah. bad Russians. Bad um, is it is it the set being stage potentially for other bad things to happen and Russia is the fall guy? Power outages or cyber attacks yes. or... Right. Well, coincidentally, like the timing of this is just perfect because now all the mandates are going down, the pandemic for the most part is really fizzling out. They can't keep it going forever. Uh, so the mandates are dropping all over the world. Uh, Britain suddenly dropped its, uh, the mandates, uh, you know, Alberta, uh, Ford suddenly is, is releasing uh, mandates. So the timing of this, and not only that with all this, that the Canadian convoy has, has, has really, really had a huge effect. You know, uh, we should all be patting ourselves on the back for being, Canadians, because we've suddenly become the, the the leaders of the movement. <laughs> How did that happen? I have no idea. Still <laughs> scratching my head. I thought we were losers. <laughs> Apparently, we're not. <laughs> oh yeah. So yeah. So um, so the other theory is that Russia, and this is all just a big another elaborate psyops. And the thing, the nagging, nagging thing that's really hard is that Russia is doing all the same thing, QR codes, they're vaccinating their population, social distancing, mask wearing, they're all doing it. China's doing it too. China's building quarantine camps like all over China, hundreds of them, thousands of them. It's insane. Wow. Uh, just they're the worst, really. And so are they all in it together? And this is just a big scam, maybe. Or maybe it's just a... a warring family members of like like it's the big uh criminal organized global criminal organization they're all members but there's competing families just you know like uh, like the godfather and mm. they're all killing each other fighting because they all want to be top dog and it's just competition we're looking at mm. so either way this is still bad and it's going to affect the working class the most in, in ukraine in russia uh, in Europe, in all over, look at the price of gas just shot up like $2 and eight cents now. And, and we're talking, it could double because the price of oil, it might go up to $200 a barrel. We're, we'll be looking at $4 a liter and that's going to affect absolutely everything. Food prices, uh, everything, everything's going to go up and, and right. our wage is going to go up. No. <laughs> right. So is this something to help push along the great reset? Like we need to have the economy yeah. really crash. It's it's Russia's fault. It's Russia's um, fault. Russia's bad. Uh, China's bad because they like Russia. Iran's bad. They you know the tip the, the 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 normal Western bad guys all get blamed. And meanwhile, yeah, the Great Reset. It's a more opportunity for them. More chaos. That's what they are. Chaos agents. So uh, I don't know 
if that's the case. I really, I'm looking at it. It takes a lot to try to figure some of the yeah. stuff out, but uh, I'm not going to put my, you know, say it's this or it's that. Cause yeah, cause it, I was just curious to get your take on it, given your, your knowledge base, but it's yeah. really crazy that the same people that were calling out the mainstream media for lying about what happened yes. in Ottawa recently are now believing the mainstream media yes. when it comes to the narrative yeah, of the war. And I go, guys, right. the, the, yeah, wait a minute. And the, the media push against uh, Russia and pro Ukraine is just absolutely, it just switched gears like overnight, boom, suddenly it's just Ukraine everywhere. Russia yeah. everywhere. And my heart breaks for, uh, for people that caught, get caught in the middle, like war yeah. is so sad and, and horrific. And, but I did and am suspicious of the hardcore mainstream media push of any narrative. Well, they, uh, the New World Order wants everybody under their boot. So, does does Russia and China want to be part, be under the umbrella of this, you know, global thing? And I, I can't see China ever wanting to be under the the Western umbrella. Like it just doesn't fit their history. You know, the Opium Wars where they were, you know, turned into opium slaves and, and ridiculed. You know, they call it this the century of humiliation where you know they were humiliated by the western uh, powers uh, up until like uh, from 1850 to 1950 so uh, you know after mao they industrialized and you know china's accomplishment has been like unprecedented in 30 years they've reduced world poverty by 50 percent you know that's all their own people but they took 800,000 800 million people out of poverty in china it's it's absolutely amazing so does that mean china's good well good for them uh you know you know hitler in germany did wonderful things for germany mm. right that's why they followed him he did he, 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 he delivered you know he he got them off the treaty of versailles he restored the economy he built the military back up he did everything for them but then the second second world war and right is china doing the same maybe i don't know they don't seem to be you know being militarizing they seem to be trying to like expand through infrastructure and you know if you know about the belt and road initiative and we're getting way off topic here but uh so back i mean anyway back to russia they've formed an alliance with russia russia china iran just did a 25-year deal a few months ago that didn't get in the mainstream media but you know, Russia, China, Iran is a serious threat to the New World Order, Hamad, you know, plans for controlling things because they want, uh, they want control of everything. So, mm. uh, so you think the New World Order is more of a Western thing? It's definitely more of a Western thing. If, if you look at the Bilderberg, the, the attendees of Bilderberg, it's almost all Westerners, NATO nations. It's a white world order. This is a Caucasian centered you know they they accuse us of being like you just look at the accusations they're throwing at us white supremacist misogynist homophobic extremists right wingers well that's them that's just total projection that's that's mm. them that's the new world order that's the new world order that's them that's who they are they they um that's an old boys club there's hardly any women in there's a few like like just like hillary clinton madeline albright uh, oprah seems to be a player a token you know a token black female uh though it's almost all men uh not um, oprah now oprah's not good Rick. well i don't know she was part of their one of their big meetings like, breaking my heart man <laughs> i don't know i'm just saying maybe hillary clinton because hillary clinton for sure uh is a big player her and bill are big players yeah uh, yeah so that's them like uh, you know who's the sex traffickers <laughs> right yeah yeah who's doing the sex trafficking who's running that show who's running the drugs globally well it's it's of course it's the western american empire that's who runs things that's who who's got the biggest military in the world it's america the largest gdp in the world uh, you know who you know america owns 95 percent of the infrastructure of the internet uh, oh, i didn't know that interesting yeah yeah the the um Oh, that there's a movie, uh, a documentary called Monopoly. I don't know if you saw that. Yes. Talk, yes. Well, who are the two companies, BlackRock and Vanguard, are American companies? Gotcha. Who's, who's doing the pandemic? Bill Gates. He's American. The World Health Organization is American-controlled organization. The United Nations is an American-controlled U.S. dollar. Like, who's running the show here? I, I hear all kinds of people in the movement accusing, oh, Satan's running things. It's the 
it's the Catholic Church, it's the Jews, you know, it's the communists, it's it's everybody. But well, yeah, but it's it's America doing this. This is the who's doing the pandemic. It's uh, you know, uh, Tony Fauci is American. Mm. So you know, like uh, the beacon of hope and freedom and democracy and all that thing has become like the freaking most evil empire the world's ever seen. Like it's right and it's staring us in our face. Like yeah, look look, look, look what they got as president. Look at this guy. He's a <laughs> geriatric case he should be in a home it's pathetic but on the other hand like how many countries have they invaded since second world war like over 70 interfere about 70 nations they've invaded inter intervened with you know regime change wars like look what they did to libya they painted uh, Muammar gaddafi as you know the evil guy but you start digging into Muammar gaddafi he he took libya from uh, nothing to something in 20, 30 years, high, uh, highest GDP in Africa at the time. Literacy rate went from 10% to 86% under Gaddafi. Uh, uh, free healthcare, free free cradle to grave education. First time married couples got $50,000 grant to buy a house, all kinds of stuff. And he was the guy who uh, started the African Union. He pushed for that. It's him that started the African Union of 53 uh, nations, all forming this union and he was pushing even harder to have a united states of africa because he said the only way to combat uh, imperialism colonialism western especially american uh, infiltration into africa was to form uh, an alliance and that was all through gaddafi no wonder they want him dead <laughs> oh man i could talk to you for hours <laughs> we need to talk again your your knowledge your knowledge is wide and deep <laughs> Yeah, so I've been told. I did my homework. Uh, let's let's uh, let's catch the name of the new book. You've got three of them oh. out now, right? You can get on on your Kindle or on Amazon. Uh, yeah, like you know, there's there's the first two. Yeah. The other one I don't even have copies uh, yet. It's called Beyond the New World Order. It's already out on Amazon, uh, so you can find it on uh, Amazon. And uh, you know, it's really one book in three sections that I uh, you know I just wrote in pieces because things are evolving. So many things are changing, like, uh, and I didn't really think anybody really wanted to read 300 page walk. So, so. <laughs> it's less intimidating, like yeah, 100 pages at a time is good. Enough information. So, uh, yeah, I think the overall, I've just tried to research of things in the past that have worked. I've looked at the, you know, what's working with our movement, what's not. One of the 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 uh, first things we need to do is get into small groups. Like we've been pushing freedom cells for a long time, uh, uh, is get into small groups, your uh, local groups, people, you, some people's houses you can walk to like, uh, maybe less than 10 people. Uh, eight is, is the magic number, um, for, uh, I don't know for whatever reasons, but a lot of people have studied small groups and eight seems to be the magic number. It doesn't mean it has to be the only, but when you get up to 10 people, you get too many people, you can't get anything done, small groups, and you have to have a good leader with a clear goal and uh, what your group is there for and come up with a strategy, whatever you want to do, like uh, start a food bank, um, grow some food together. Um, you know, we're going to buy some property together. We're going to become activists together. We're going to do an email campaign together. Uh, we're going to uh, organize an event together. Uh, the, the, but in your local area, and, and the other part of it is to have some place to go if things go sideways and it's and build community again. We need to go back to being pioneers uh, and we had uh, small communities living together, except we're, we live in this big city. It's not, but this, the principles are still there that we're, we have to start over. We have to do our own great reset. And the first thing has to start with your local community. You need to get bonded to people again, like it was in the pioneer days where people were really, really bonded together. And that's happening uh, because the they've thrown us all together. People we would never have met. I would, I would never have met you kid or been on your show if it wasn't for what's, what's happened. We've been drawn together. We were thinking the same way. Uh, so that's uh, one thing is to get into these small cell groups. The other one is empowered communities. The One of the, the best ones in the area is the union of the people that uh, Sadiq Daya uh, has organized out in Coquitlam and is, he has a warehouse, he has a business. So he's got this big warehouse. So people meet there, have gone to several of their meetings every Monday night, about 75 people and they're building an empowered community of uh, people uh, come up with ideas and then you're networking together you have this group of people so you draw on 
on your people resource uh, and do whatever you want to do, right? It's up to you. It's, mm -hmm. uh, so that's another one. Uh, empowered communities, we need to have parallel structures. We need to start again. We need to get involved in uh, politics. Um, there's also other practical things, just, just you know, looking at my book here, Table yes. of Contents. Um, we need to build bridges in, between allies. There's there's a thing called spectrum of allies, which activists have used for a long time, uh, which is that there's uh, there's people on our side, active people on our side. There's passive people who are on our side. There's neutral people. There's people passively opposed to us. There's people actively opposed to us. Mm -hmm. So what you need to do is move, try to move them over to one one thing, move the one to the left, one to the left, the right. people that are actively opposed to us may try to get them to be passively opposed. The neutral people try to get them into the passively on our side and, and move people to our side. And uh, the way to do this uh, isn't necessarily rallies, not that rallies aren't good, but, but generally rallies are for us. Uh, but the way to do this is just recruit people one-on-one, -on -one, give them information, talk to them calmly. You don't have to yell at people. I mean, we do get heated but and build build our movement we need to build bridges with other groups like labor unions typically labor labor unions uh, support the working class so they're not they're they're against us for the most part but there are union people that have come out um there uh two weeks ago we had a five-day event led by corrine who is a registered nurse from nelson who came here and uh, me my partner maria are organization of victory canada if you want to go to our website by the way victorycanada.today you can see you can see all the stuff we've done or what we do and we helped her put the rally on a five-day rally here we had doctors nurses uh, paramedics came out uh, uh, lawyers uh, paul jaffe from the jccf spoke uh, really uh, fantastic speak speech for for an hour uh, so um, all those things are helpful because people are on the street, they're walking by. We're right there on Robson and Burrard, right on the corner. Mm. So people are there, they, they, they listen. Uh, but really it is, is just getting information into people's hands, make relationships one-on-one -on -one and build these bridges with other groups like, like QP, uh, um, the, the uh, on, uh, what is it? Healthcare Workers Union. Uh, start building bridges with the union people, build bridges with the VPD. Talk to the VPD. They're there. There's a lot of them are on our side. They've told us so. We've wow. had police officers come up to us. Uh, when one, one guy I know who got arrested for going into uh, Steamworks uh, on, in Gastown without a mask, I was there. Police showed up. He got arrested. And the cops, two cops who arrested him, told him, we know who you are. We love what you're doing. Keep doing what you're doing. We're on oh, your yeah. side. We got your back, and he got off. No charges laid. They let him go. Wow. There's a there's a lot of VPD who. Not, it's not hard to tell. You just see the ones wearing the masks are well. Of course, they're brainwashed. If they're not wearing a mask, they're on our side. It's right. So easy. So talk to them and get them on. Get just talk to them. Make relationships with them, and and any other group. So that, that's another practical solution. There's there's no silver bullet solution here and i wish there was but there isn't it's a hybrid war they have a hybrid plan they're using different institutions they're using the media so another uh uh solution is what you're doing kid which is starting your own uh, media show you mm -hmm. started your own so you're you're doing one of the solutions that's what we have to do the mainstream media is not on our side we're not going to get the truth for them so we have to start our own alternative media Mm -hmm. So, you know, which is what you're doing and you're getting the word out, you're building an audience, you're reaching a lot of people, you know, you're a popular guy, you're personable, you're, you're easy to talk to. So, you know, we need people like you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Rick. One thing I'll just give a little, a little uh, thing about in the third book, the new book, one of the chapters is called cats and dogs. Okay, okay so I talk about in, in the freedom movement, we, there's always a joke going on, it's really hard to hurt the cats in the movement because we're such a bunch of independent people. We're like, we are free thinkers. And you know, there's this very libertarian streak of independence uh, from all the, the people in the movement. So there's this joke, but the problem is if you want to start an army with cats, it, you're, it's not going to work. You know, uh, you're not going to have any uh, uh, German police cats. You know, you're going to have a German police dog, a German shepherd, but you're, you're not going to have a police cat. It's not going to happen. 
what we really need is dogs in our mood. See, dogs are man's best friend. They're teachable. They're trainable. They're loyal. They will die for you. And that's what we need. See, cats aren't loyal to anybody. They're just aloof. You know, they come in, use the litter, eat the food, and then they go back out again. You know, thanks. You know, right. they're, they're, they're there for them, really. You know, you, 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 they want to get pat and cuddled. And, but dogs, a whole different thing. And, and uh, that's what we need in our movement is a lot more uh, dogs. dogs. That's yeah. one of the things that our movement really, really needs is organization. We need more groups, more people to start things, more people to start different initiatives and take charge. We need leaders. Mm -hmm. uh, we need the leaders to come forward. And there's lots of leaders, you know. Um, most of the people in our we're, we're born leaders almost all of us mm. uh, so we need we need a lot more of that so that's just one chapter i talked about just as an example in the in the new book so and i'll put uh links to all your books in uh this episode and oh, uh, and and thank you man like you're really out there full tilt trying to wake people up so thank you for everything you're doing man thank you for uh, having me on your show it was a delight yeah. uh, you're a real super nice guy to talk to appreciate it oh thanks rick you as well i hope we can do this again because I would love to dive down. I mean, oh, I'm madly scribbling things down as you bring them up. Like, <laughs> what talk about uh, Pit Boss and Blackjack and <laughs> MK Ultra, all these things. I'd love to have another conversation with you uh, sooner rather than later if you're cool with that. Sure. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. What I'd love that. Yeah. Awesome. Rick Thomas, everyone. Nice to meet you, man. Thanks so much. Okay. We'll talk to you soon.